name is Alejandro Barte, Alexander or Alex in this lands, and I'm from Argentina. I have been lifeguard for the RLI, but one day back in Argentina, I had a major accident which changed my whole life. Thanks to the RLI, I could keep on with my passion to saving lives at sea. I remember um, exactly the day, it was Thursday 28th of March 2013. Um, it was the beginning of Easter and I've uh, decided to go on a holiday to the coast where I've um, spent most of my summers in Argentina. Um, and uh, it was a really nice day, warm and we decided to go surfing. It was a sport that I really enjoyed and because you know working as lifeguard you're constantly you know in the sea so um, so that afternoon we were out there surfing and I remember I caught this wave and when I tried to lift the wave I um, tried to perform a, a trick and uh, I, I fell um, head first uh, in the water, which I thought it was deep water, and eventually there was a sandbank there, so it was really shallow water. So I hit my head with the, the, the bottom, and I was left um, face down without being able to move my arms or my legs. And instantly I knew, because of all my training, that I was having. Um, and in like uh, a column injury, probably a spinal cord injury. Um, but then my situation was, uh, I'm trying to keep my breath as much as I can, and hopefully somebody will realize that I was in trouble and turn me over. Eventually, somebody realized, saw my board, and realized I was floating face down. And there comes my first angel, who saved my life. Um, so he turned me over, as I said, and um, the first thing I remember I could, I could say is, I can't move my arms, I can't move my legs, please immobilize me. Which perhaps to a normal person, which, which will mean nothing, but in this case, he was a dentist. So he knew what was going on and he put my board under my body and took me to shore. Instantly, my, all my training kicked off and I started instructing the people around me uh, what to do. And it was because we've done so much training with the RLI, um, especially in that type of uh, situations where you have to suspect that somebody has a, um, a head trauma or, or a column uh, trauma, then you have to um, suspect that that person may uh, get worse by not handling the, the, the right way. So I was very specific on what they needed to do. You know, hold my head steady, uh, then bring the collar, put him around my neck, um, 
slowly, you know, roll me uh, like in a block so that they could put a stretcher. So I was giving all this information to, to the people while I was being the casualty this time. Um, and, and there comes my second agent, the RLI, because it gave me the possibility to save lives. But eventually, that day, I was being the people, the person saved. Um, and when I was ready and the ambulance came, they took me to hospital. Uh, back in Scarborough, where, where I was working, I used to have some superb supervisors and we used to train every, every week. Um, and I had this supervisor who liked to make scenarios as real as possible. So I remember this exercise we did one day. He said, well, Alex, you'll be the casualty, put the wetsuit on, the guys will go and get you. And then we start with the first aid on the beach. So I did. And well, the guys came, took me back to shore, and I was laying on, on the beach. So the supervisor briefed them that the my capillary refill was really bad. That meant that there could be a possible major bleeding going on. So he asked them, you know, what do you do after that? So they looked at each other and well, thought, well, we need to remove the, the wetsuit because we can't see where the bleeding is. The guys were trying to pull the wetsuit to get it off. And he said, no, no, it's going to take ages. And he said, get the scissors out and cut the wetsuit. Cut the wetsuit. And literally, he made them cut the wetsuit. We were like, you know, wow. But taking that to my accident, I was sent to hospital and I found myself in the same situation. The nurses were trying to pull my wetsuit to get it off, which at that moment I didn't know, but I had a fracture in C1 and C5 uh, vertebra. And C1, uh, if that would damage the, the spinal cord, would literally kill me. So I was in a very delicate situation. And straight away, those words came to my mind. And I say to the nurses, cut the wetsuit. No, cut the wetsuit. <laughs> so um, I now laugh a bit, but that saved my life too. So that was uh, the day of my accident and how the RLI got involved in saving my life. It was quite um, difficult times after the accident, but eventually after a whole year of rehabilitating, I um, discharged and my new life started. After I recovered, I was still able to um, do administrative work. So that's uh, what the council offered me a job uh, as, um, as an assistant to the lifeguard service where I literally had my accident and that's how I joined them and built up a career there and became one of the heads of the lifeguard service there and I had the opportunity to implement a lot of things that I learned uh, in the RLI 
all the the scenario orientated training, all the equipment you know that you can put on the page uh, to keep people safe. Um, then statistics. There were a whole lot of things to check cards, so I could shape the that lifeguard service into the RLI image, which was really great. And that's something that perhaps many people, even within the RLI, don't realize that because we think about the international department the RLI has, which does a great job um, working with several countries, but also um, making a uh, worldwide awareness of the drowning problem. My job career started uh, mainly working for large corporations, uh, telecommunication corporations, and I remember working in this big uh, buildings, you know, all full of windows. After a time, um, I realized that something was not quite right because I used to stare at the windows and looking outside and thinking, you know, I could be out there doing other things, you know. Probably my, my free bird spirit was starting to arise. Um, unfortunately, by the end of 2005, my mum had a stroke. Um, she nearly died, um, but uh, fortunately she recovered quite well. Um, but I remember I, that I decided to quit my job and take care of her. And it was a major impact to the family, but in, in my case, it was uh, a, a turning point where I thought, you know, if I'm going to do uh, something or work or an effort, I'd rather do it for people and not for pockets. So, because I had a, a very, um, strong sportive background. I used to play lots of football, um, did skiing, boxing, martial arts, anything that you would think of. Um, and because I loved the sea, I was probably a lifeguard nightmare because um, every time I was in the, uh, on the beach, I used to go uh, in the water every day for hours, you know, so they probably didn't like me a lot. Um, but as I had some friends that done the lifeguard course in Argentina, then I thought it'd be really interesting to put those two things together. The love for the water and, you know, my um, physical abilities. Uh, so I did the course and then I decided to start working as a lifeguard, first uh, in, in Argentina, um, several beaches there, um, and then in Spain. And because I've got um, part of my family in the UK, I decided to give, give it a look and see what the lifeguard service was here. and went online, I remember, and, and came, came across this institution, the RLI, and started reading about the lifeboats and, and how the lifeguard service was driven. And I thought it was fantastic. So I give it a go and see what happens and literally change my life. I started lifeguarding in the northeast area in Scarborough. 
I did Bradlington, Wedensee, Hornsea, different bases. Um, and I would say that it's quite tricky to work there because you've got all the dangers you can think of. Um, you know, the, the, you've got a lot of rocks on the beach. Um, the tides um, are really big too. Um, you get um, quite decent swell um, hitting the, the coast. So you've got, as I said, all the dangers you may think of and all together. So it's quite tricky to um, keep people safe. After the accident, I was left in a wheelchair and because the injury was quite high in my spinal cord, um, it um, left me with a paralysis in almost um, the, my whole body. So, but that didn't stop me from um, my commitment to saving lives. And I couldn't be more grateful to the RLI um, which gave me the opportunity to save lives and all the support, all the equipment, all the training. So, because I'm so grateful from that point of view, but also because I've been safe, so I know what that means. Um, I'm more committed to saving lives. Um, and when I think, you know, the RLI, I'm not just thinking the institution, it's a whole lot of people, volunteers, supporters, all the staff, partners that make it possible. So I would say that I'm, I have to send them a huge thank you for letting me keep on saving lives. Hi, I'm Danielle Obey, Chair and Co-Founder of the Black Swimming Association, BSA, a strategic partner of the RNLI. You've been listening to the RNLI's 200 Voices Collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org slash 200 voices or subscribe to RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Two Hundred Voices is an adventurous audio limited production for the RNLI.